Welcome to Weston's Sermon Podcast of the Week. We are so glad you've joined us today. If you have been encouraged by our ministry and would like to support us financially, you can do so at westonroadchurch.com slash give. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy this week's message. Well, amen. We're ready for the word, and this morning, um, maybe you're happy that I'm not preaching. Maybe some of you are like, Pastor John... Um, it's never about a man or a person. It's always about Jesus. And so today we have a collection of sermons, and uh, we've, we're calling it Fresh Voices. And, and here's the reason. We believe that God has called us to equip the church for the work of ministry. And so today uh, I'm honored to have four people coming to share the word. And before I invite my wife, she's going to be first. And uh, with much fear and trembling, she said she's agreed to this. Um, but I know that, that God has his hand on all four of, of our speakers today. And uh, he's going to speak. He's going to use them. And we've been praying all week long leading up to today. Lord, it's not about any one of us, but it's about what you want to do. And you're going to use and speak through those who are going to speak. So here's what I want to say. We're not here to critique the fresh voices, okay? We're here to celebrate what God has done in their lives. It's a bold step to stand at this pulpit and deliver God's word to God's people. So it's not something we do lightly, but this is something that through prayer, they've each met with me one-on-one. I said, let me know what, you're, what God has been speaking. So it's, it's not just like, hey, go and just see what happens. No, no. Um, So we're not here to critique those who are speaking. Instead, I want you to encourage them. So say amen. I'm okay. If you never amen me, I don't preach for for your applause. And they're not here for your approval either. But here's what I'll say. We're not here to critique them. But let's encourage them. Some of them might be a little nervous. Um, Maybe it's their first time doing this. And so we want to, number one, encourage them. And number two... Look beyond who's speaking and hear what God is speaking to you. And I want you to hear, because each one of them is going to leave you with a challenge, maybe an action step. In light of this, here's something to consider for yourself. And so really lean into the Spirit of God and what the Spirit of God is speaking to you. Can you say amen? So without further ado, can we give a warm Western welcome to my wife, Priscilla Manna. Well, good morning, church. It is a privilege to share with you this morning. Uh, For those of you who may not know, my name is Priscilla. I've been married to Jonathan for 13 years, and we've been at Weston for 10. So it's a privilege and honor truly to serve our church community in whatever capacity, and including this morning. So today I wanted to share with you a thought from the book of Ephesians. So if you've never read the book of Ephesians, I I would encourage you to do that this week, okay? The book of Ephesians was a letter written by the Apostle Paul to the church in Ephesus. Ephesus was the largest city in Asia at that time, present-day Turkey, and Paul brought the gospel there. The book of Ephesians is an important book because in it, Paul touches on so many different issues. In it, he addresses racial equality and unity within the church, He encourages believers to live our lives out differently and worthy of our calling, be it at home, be it at school, be it at work, and even here. And while he's writing this, Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. As a prisoner for the Lord, live a life worthy. You see, Paul is writing this letter to the early church as a prisoner. In fact, he writes four letters to the church in prison. Those are called the prison epistles. And that includes Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon. Paul has such a love for the church that regardless of his circumstances, regardless of his situation, he did whatever it took to share his message with them. The chains of Paul's imprisonment may have limited him, but he did not let his present circumstances interfere with his assignment. So church, my first point for us today, my encouragement is do not let your present circumstances interfere with your God-given assignment, okay? 
I love hearing testimonies. I don't know about you. And we had a great testimony last week. We had one at our last encounter. And so I want to share a testimony that I loved growing up. And it was from a woman named Corey Ten Boom. I don't know if anybody has heard her, but she is one of my heroes. And Corey was born in 1892. And she was very ordinary. And at the time of the Nazi invasion in uh, the Netherlands, she was 54 years old, single, living with her family, working in the family business as a watchmaker. And yet, from that, she accepted the opportunity to provide refuge and help Jews escape the Nazis. And in fact, her family helped over 800 escape. But it came at a price. And one day, through a betrayal, the Ten Boom family was arrested. Corey was sent to prison and then eventually to a concentration camp with her sister, Betsy. And upon entering the concentration camp, Corey had a small Bible But each person who had to enter had to be strip searched. And in it, she says, before she's getting searched, she said, God, you made the blind to see and make those who see blind. And so as it was her turn to be searched, miraculously, miraculously, the guards got distracted with another prisoner and she walked straight in with her Bible. It was the exact same Bible that Corey and Betsy used to start Bible studies in their barrack. And Corey says, when I was in prison first in Holland during the war, I would pray, Lord, let the enemy never put me in a German concentration camp. But God answered no to that prayer. Yet in the German camp, with all its horror, I found many prisoners who had never heard of Jesus Christ. If God has not used my sister Betsy and me to bring them to him, they would have never heard him. Many died or were killed, but many died with the name of Jesus on their lips. They were well worth all our suffering. So while we may never find ourselves in the same situation as Paul or as Corey, the truth is that each and every one of us here in this room today has a calling. Paul tells the Ephesians in chapter 5, verse 15 to 16, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. And that's why we can't let our circumstances interfere with our assignment. You see, we're really good at making excuses, right? We will use anything to even try to disqualify ourselves. We say, I'm too young, I'm too old. I'm too educated, I'm too uneducated. I don't have enough time. I'm, I'm busy with school, I'm busy with my family. We have all these excuses. But the same words that Paul said to the early church ring true today. Make the most of every opportunity. Each and every one of us has an assignment, and if you don't know what your assignment is, start with the Great Commission. Get plugged into your local church. And you know what? Discover your purpose. Part of our uh, growth track. Just how to put a plug in. So church, don't quit. You are anointed to accomplish your assignment. So whatever situation you're walking in, whatever trial, valley, whatever season, don't quit. Your past, your experiences, your failures, mistakes can all be turned around for the better and used to uplift someone else and to encourage them. Corey Ten Boom once said, God uses our problems as building materials for his miracles. There are people around you in your circle who need you. My second point that I want to draw from the uh, church in Ephesus is watch to see that your love does not grow cold. If you read in the book of Acts 19, it records an incredible conversion in Ephesus. It says, Acts 19, uh, 18 to 19, NLT. Many who became believers confessed their sinful practices. A number of them who had been practicing sorcery brought their incantation, their magic books, and burned them in a public bonfire. And the value of the books was several million dollars. As powerful as their conversion was in Ephesus... We later read in Revelation chapter 2, a letter written to the exact same community. In it, Jesus was admonishing them for their hard work, their perseverance, 
endurance through hardships, and not growing weary. However, in Revelations 2, 4-5, Jesus said, Yet I hold this against you. You've been faithful. You've worked hard. You haven't grown weary. But this is the one thing I hold against you. You have forsaken the love that you first had. Consider how far you fall and repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. So even though they had a dramatic conversion, we see here in Revelation that it was noted that once once started on fire, literally ended out fizzing out. So I believe this morning, the Lord is saying to us today, if we have fizzled out, we need to repent and return to Jesus, the love, and love him like we did when it was brand new. So my prayer this morning as I conclude is that in the face of adversity, we would not give up. You've got this. You've got this. In case no one has told you, you've got this. And that in our own individual circumstances, we would not get too busy. Don't allow life to get too busy that we let the fire burn out. So instead, we will lean into his presence and ask him to breathe, breathe on those embers of our heart and fan them into flame. I hope you're blessed this morning with that. Amen. First of many. I prophesy in you. Amen. Thank you, Priscilla, for bringing the word. At this time, I'm going to invite Matt to join me on stage. Matt is uh, our worship director here at Weston, and uh, he serves above and beyond. And Matt, I love your heart for God's presence. And uh, like Matt's by the book. He's so organized, it, it, it somehow amazes me. But as he's also very comfortable with a microphone so he's like pastor if I go a little over will you like I was like no grace is freely given so Matt I want you to feel free and speak bring the word oh we got to be out no, okay. but oh he's got his timer like Ola last week <laughs> but uh, be used of God today we love you and we're grateful for you The name of the Lord be praised. Amen? Amen. Friends, I have one question for you, and it's a very simple question. Do you serve God? Do you serve God? Sure, you might say, yes, I believe in Jesus. I serve the living God. I come to church once a week, for the most part, sleep in sometimes. I pray before bed. I pray before a meal. When I need a raise in my job or I want to go for promotion or trying to get a new job, yeah, I pray to God. I ask God to help me. When I need healing, I ask, Lord, help me. Heal me. But to me so far, that sounds like a lot of receiving. But where is the giving back to God? Where is the giving back to God? 1 Peter 4.11 says, Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. But it starts with your heart. Where is your heart with and for God? Turn with me, please, to Romans 12. The title of this message today is You Can Do Better. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. We're going to skip to verse 6. 
In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing different things. God has given the ability to prophesy, to speak out of faith. A gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach them well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If you have the gift of encouragement, be encouraging. If you feel a bubbling inside to encourage someone, Pastor Terrell, you did a wonderful job this morning. Patrick, you did a wonderful job ushering. Encourage. Don't hold it back. Let it out. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Do it gladly. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hate it. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Take delight in honoring one another. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. The little asterisk here under that last verse says this. The verse is, never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Also, serve the Lord with a zealous spirit. And I love this one the best. But let the spirit excite you as you serve the Lord. This is God's word. This is the holy word of God. But I turn back to the second verse of this passage. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you. Church, church. Many times in our life, we have many distractions around us. Many things to consume our heart, consume our mind, and to try to steal our soul away from Jesus. Whether it be the things of the world, such as the TV shows we watch, the movies we watch, the places we go to in the evening on a Friday night, or maybe a Saturday night. The words we might be speaking outside of these walls. The words that do not please the ear of the Holy Spirit. The words that grieve the Holy Spirit. We need to live pure lives. Pure lives. 2 Timothy 2.21 says this. If you keep yourself pure, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean and you will be ready for the master to use for every good work. Again, you can do better, church. Friends, you can do better. We need to live a pure life for Jesus. We need to cleanse all the the garbage out of our life. And we need to live purely for God. He wants to use us as a special utensil. A special utensil for the Lord. But we need to live that pure life. We need to live it. I love the verse also. When it comes to verse 7, if your gift is serving others, serve them well. Church, Pastor John this morning mentioned that we need servants for the, the preschool ministry. The vision is also to plant a second campus. Can't do it with only a handful of staff members, only a handful of Dream Team members. Oh, but Pastor, growth track, step one, two, three. Police report, I got to do the police check. And I'm just a volunteer. I'm just, I'm volunteering myself to give back to God. I'm a volunteer. Why do I have to schedule this tight schedule? I guess what, I want to come when it's convenient for me, when it's comfortable for me. Church, when Jesus Christ came to this world, was it comfortable and convenient to leave his throne on high? Matthew 20, 28 says, For even the Son of Man, who is Jesus, came not to be served, but to serve others. Not to be served, but to Church, we read this morning, every one of you has a gift. Each of you has a gift. Maybe you're just not using that gift. Maybe your life has filth that you need to remove so you can use your gift wholly unto God. 
Is not your life giving back to Jesus? Is it not worth giving back? You could come to church every week and receive. But it's time, church, that we give. It's time to be an army and soldiers of the Lord, the army of God. It's time for us to be soldiers united as a church, serving him, benefiting his church, benefiting his community, benefiting this province and benefiting this country. Church, it is time to make a difference. And I call you all to action this morning. For those who are not involved in any sort of ministry, I urge you to go home, pray, dwell on it. Ask God, Lord, how can I serve you? I want to go right back really fast to the volunteer section that I was talking about earlier. See, we have jobs. Many of us have jobs who go to work. We don't usually miss a day because we know if we don't go to church that day, we don't get paid. So there's a consequence. But many of us, when it comes to serving, we forget what the consequence is for not serving God, for not obeying his word and being that body of Christ. We forget what that consequence is. That consequence that you're missing out on the joys and the gifts that Jesus wants to give you. Church, this morning, do you want... Do you want what Jesus has for you in your life? Yes or no? Do you want what Jesus has in store for you? Or do you want to sit back comfortably and my life is good and okay? No, we need to thirst. We need to hunger for Jesus and to hunger for what he has called us to do. But again, you will not hear that calling. It will be a deaf ear unless you live a pure and a holy life. Church, today, you can do better and The subtitle of this message is The Heart of Worship because as this word even says, let let yourself be a living and holy sacrifice. This is truly the way of worshiping him. I'm going to leave you with this this short chorus of this song and I pray that it touches your, your heart. You can close your eyes if you want. You can sing along with me. But this... uh. This verse is, and this song is very appropriate for when we stray away. I'm coming back to the heart of worship, and it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I've made, and it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. In the name of the Lord be praised. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Matt. Um, there's a call to action not to go to the website, sign up to serve. It's go home and seek the Lord and let him speak to your heart today, then you could take the appropriate next step. And we can help you discover that as well. Thank you, Matt, for bringing that word. At this time, I'm very grateful as well to invite Pastor Soom to the platform with me. And Pastor Soom joined us on staff in October of last year as our media director And at the same time, we were looking for a youth pastor, but that part didn't come up in our discussion at all. Um, You know, to be honest, we kind of were praying and saying, it would be cool if this, you know, pastor, if Zoom was interested, and we talked uh, about this at a board meeting once, but I said, he hasn't really given me any indication. And it wasn't long after that, uh, in January, we were having 40 days of prayer and fasting, and I didn't know this, but Sum said, Pastor John, I've been fasting and praying specifically about this one thing. And when we shared it, then we, we prayed together. We said, let's, let's uh, take about a month and let, just let God speak into this. And uh, Pastor Sum is our youth pastor as well now. <laughs> Grateful for your influence on our, even my own kids who are not even in youth group yet. Um, But we're grateful to have you and excited to hear how God's going to use you this morning. Thank you, Pastor John. Good good morning, church. Good morning. Can we just give another round of applause for Priscilla and Matt for the word this morning? Wow. Phenomenal. You know, Matt's um, sermon title was 
I can do better. You can do better. So church, repeat after me. Say, we can do better. We can do better. So I want to transition Matt's message uh, to mine, uh, the message that God's placed on my heart. And um, today I want to talk about something very important to me, but in a way to transition from the message that Matt and Priscilla both gave in terms of gifts, in terms of our calling and our assignment. I'd like us to turn to 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9. And it says this. It says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. The key word is the first sentence. You are chosen. In the Bible, it's evident multiple times that God has called us. And one more verse in Ephesians that Priscilla mentioned. We should read Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 4. For he chose us in him before creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. Church, repeat after me. Say, we, we are, chosen. are chosen. Father God, thank you that you've chosen us. I pray that as we navigate in our lives, Father God, I pray that you reveal your plans for us, Father God. We want what you want for us. We love you. We praise you. Thank you for this opportunity. And Father God, use me. I'm your vessel. Speak through me in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. So, my message today, I want to focus on the second book in the Bible called Exodus. And in Exodus, um, there's a very famous biblical character named Moses. You've heard of Moses, church? Moses? Okay, so we're going to turn into 2nd Exodus, Exodus chapter 4, verses 2 to 4, okay? If you have your Bibles, it says, Then the Lord said to him, What is that in your hand? Moses said, A staff. The Lord said, Throw it on the ground. Throw it on the ground. Activate it. Throw it on the ground. And Moses threw it on the ground, and it became a snake. This is the message. This is the passage that God has spoken to me, and it brings me to my title, my message. What's in your hand? What's in your hand? You know, church, I believe right now, everyone sitting here, as Priscilla and Matt both said, we're gifted. We are called. We are chosen, right? And God has given us these abilities and gifts, and even when it comes to even sometimes material things, God has placed these things in our lives, but I believe that a lot of us are not realizing the potential it can have when it comes to glorifying him and advancing his kingdom. I believe we all have these things in our hands that we're not activating. We're not using to our full potential. Amen? Okay. And today my goal is when I leave this pulpit, I want to encourage you to start activating it, to start bringing it to life. That is what I want and what has God has placed on my heart today, okay? You know, Priscilla mentioned excuses. We have excuses, huh? God, I don't have time. My relationship, financial, so many excuses that is hindering us from reaching our potential. And a fun fact for you is that Moses as well, he had excuses, right? We're going to go to chapter 3. So I, we just talked about chapter 4. This was when God called Moses through the burning bush. Okay, So it says exactly this. Exodus chapter 3, verses 10. So now, God says to Moses, So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But catch this. But Moses said, Who am I? God, who am I? Right? That I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt. I believe a lot of us are like Moses, right? We're like, God, who am I? I'm not worthy. I'm not special enough. Church, we serve a big God. And God is perfect. And if he's called you, what does that mean? I believe we are lukewarm, a lot of us. And we are not taking that next step. And I want us to encourage everyone to take that next step. Okay? So then... You see, like, in verse 10, love that he put this, the, the verses back up. It says, God gave Moses a step of action. God said, Moses, go and deliver my people out of slavery. And Moses, so God gave Moses that direction. 
But we are literally saying to God, but who am I? When God's called you, when God's anointed you, church, we go. Praise God. Amen. Okay. There is power in what we have in our hands. Right? And I want to transition to the conclusion of this, saying that sometimes there are things that we may have, but we we don't realize how powerful it could be. Malachi, is Malachi in the room? I've asked Malachi to, um, to bring me something. Um, you know, church, when I came to Weston uh, 10 months ago, I'm going to be honest, I didn't have much. Okay? I didn't know in terms of, thank you, Malachi. I didn't have knowledge of Weston. I didn't know anybody that attended this church. But I came with this. This is a Canon M50 camera, and um, I love this camera. Um, fun fact, my older brother actually gave it to me. And I will use this always in what it's meant to do. So a camera, it catches photos. It catches video. But what's special about this one camera was that when I came to Weston 10 months ago, I was able to use this through the lens, see how you all worshipped my God. And how you all worshipped our Savior. And how you worshipped in this congregation. This one small thing in my hand was able to affect me as the user behind it. What's more insane is that this one small material, one small thing in my hand, was able to reach people outside this building. And now we are seeing people's lives change online. And then, of course, people being reached all over the world. Give God praise for a material in my hand. But what's more important is that even though this camera has so much effects, I'm able to use it to serve my God. So I encourage church, what's in your hand, find it. God has already given it to you and activate it. I want to share a passage in Romans chapter 11, verse 29. It says exactly this. For God's gifts and his calls are irrevocable. Irrevocable means not able to change, be reversed, or recovered. It is final. God's given us these gifts. He's given us these things in our life, and he's not taking it back. Scripture says it. So why are we staying lukewarm and not using them? Okay? So, you know, some of you might be sitting there listening, saying, Pastor Sum, I I don't have, I I don't know, I I don't know what I have in my hand. I don't, well, we've got one of the greatest gifts. We've got the Word of God. And the Word of God is true. The Word of God is power, and it never returns void. And I'm sure we all have access to this somehow. Whether it's in your closet, whether it's on your desk, we have access to this. You know, this Bible, it's very special to me, okay? My mother gave it to me 13 years ago when I accepted Jesus in my life. But I'm going to be honest, there was a point where I never opened it. I never. I kept it in my table. I never opened it. But when I began to open this book and read the Word of God I've seen signs, I've seen miracles, I've seen wonders, and doorways, pathways that I've never thought I would imagine. God, church, the word of God is true. So, I'm saying, if you don't think you have something in your hand, start with this. Dive in, read, and as you read, God will reveal many more gifts that he's already given you. Amen. Okay. So, I want to encourage you with a Bible verse in 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10. It says, each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others. Matt, you mentioned serving, right? As faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Church, you are chosen, you are gifted, and don't hesitate. And I want to leave this pulpit saying, I don't want you to say what's in my hand. I want you to start saying... This is what's in my hand. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Soom. And you don't know this yet, but full circle testimony, because you use this as an example. Um, Today in our baptism class, we have Dorotha right here, Dorota. Um, When she signed up for water baptism for next week, it said, like, do you attend in person or online? 
And her response was online. And so she's been a part of our church services online. She came this morning, grateful that you're here. But full circle testimony right there in the room and in the baptism tank next Sunday. So, amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Our last speaker this morning is our newest staff member, Pastor Tara. So let's give her a warm Western welcome as she comes and brings the word this morning. Pastor Tara, we're grateful to have you here at Weston. Our kids are ecstatic, and uh, we're grateful for what's going to take place in the fall downstairs and how God is going to answer every concern, every prayer, and, uh, and every vision and plan and detail that we've laid out and God has given us. Amen. God bless you as you bring the word. We're excited and we're leaning in. Amazing. Thank you so much, Pastor John. So good morning, church family. It's so great to have you guys here with us as well. And I'm super excited to just share what God um, has placed in my heart. And so I kind of wanted to not come up here and, you know, do like a kid's lesson, right? But I wanted to come up here. That would be fun, you know. <laughs> what I wanted to do, though, was to come up here and share a verse that maybe we've often heard growing up, um, especially growing up in church. And um, one thing I learned about um, being a believer is in Bible college, there's something called, you know, Christianese, right? So there's often Bible verses we read, um, but we only read part of it, and then we just disregard the other half. But the thing about God's Word is that it's living, and so God is always speaking through us, through His Word, and um, I'm super excited just to share what um, he's sharing with me this morning. Because like I said, we all know this verse. It's 1 Timothy 4.12. And so often, I'm just going to read it. Um, It says, do not let anyone look down on you because you are young. Okay, so here is where we usually stop, right? We hear this in kids' church. We see it on magnets and on notebooks and Pinterest and Hobby Lobby. We see it all everywhere. But we often forget the other, the other part. Um, so do not let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and purity. And so that's what I really want to focus on this morning. And so... You know, just to help uh, help us understand what this verse is kind of talking about, um, Timothy was one uh, was like Apostle Paul's right hand man. They were like best friends, buddies. Like Paul was a mentor and, and spiritual leader for Timothy. And when Paul was planting these new churches, Timothy would actually stay and make sure that everything was in place. And um, as he continued to teach, he would actually begin to call up and raise spiritual leaders in those churches as well. And so compared to other people who are usually tasked with this role, Timothy was quite young. And so a lot of people were giving him this flack uh, of of being young and, oh, he doesn't know what he's doing. And so he would complain a, a, a lot about this to Paul. But Paul would always write back to Timothy and let him know that, you know, you don't have to worry about your age or what people think of you. Um, but actually focus on this way of being and, and setting this example for anyone who has the eyes to see it. And so, you know, when I read this verse um, a couple weeks ago as I was getting prepared for this, it's, it's so funny because this isn't just for spiritual leaders, but I actually believe this is something that we can all take home and learn from today. And so I'm going to break this down so we can actually um, go part by part. So the first one is do not let anyone look down on you. Okay, so maybe you're sitting there, you're like, Pastor Tara, how do I not let people look down on me? That's super hard. You know, it seems impossible, but, you know, I'm not also, I'm not telling you to like square up and fight these people who look down on you, but, um, and I'm not asking you to constantly try to prove yourself because that gets so tiring, but, you know, I'm actually... I'm telling you, it's not really about, you know, others looking down on you, but it's actually that you allow others to look down on you, right? Let's be honest, as believers, we should not be looking at the people around us, right, for approval. We should not be wondering, oh, what does my boss think of me? What does this person think of me? That does not matter. It really doesn't. It's a shocker. 
I know, but that does not matter. We should look to God because in Christ, we find our value. In Christ, we find our worth. In Christ, we find everything that we need because he is so good and he is such a good father. Part two, you know, don't, don't look down, uh, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. Okay, so growing up, my grandparents always, always told me, age comes with wisdom, or wisdom comes with age, right? We've all heard this saying, um, and apparently this has been a saying for a very long time, okay? And so people thought Timothy was too young to have the authority he had, but if that was true, wouldn't his life reflect that? You know, I don't think God would give him these opportunities to serve if he wasn't ready or if God didn't already equip him to be able to do that, right? And so age in itself isn't this barrier. It's really not. (laughs) Um, In fact, if you talk to kids and youth today, they are dying to have this responsibility. One of my favorite things each week is seeing some of the grade five kids get so excited to be junior leaders. Literally, they're stoked to come every week because they want that responsibility. Because God has given them gifts, God has given them talents, and they are ready and on fire to serve God with all they have. So let's give them that chance to do that. But set an example for the believers. Now, this is the part I really want us to focus on, okay? You know, this is biblical. It is. (laughs) We find this in the Bible. We read it. But what can we do about the people who disrespect our age? Nothing. Really, we can't. The only thing that we can do is doing what we should be doing, seeking first the kingdom of God, living for Jesus. When we live for Jesus, everyone's going to see this, and we're going to be giving them an example to imitate. And so finally, in speech and conduct and love and faith and purity, this is a really great list, right? This is like, if you want to know how to live, live like this. But one of the, the best things is, is love, right? We hear it in the Bible a lot. When asked what the greatest commandment was, Jesus answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and all your mind, This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And so all of that, all the law and prophets are summed up in that. To follow Jesus, we must seek to love this way. We really do. And so when we set an example for others to follow, like people are going to notice that. Let's love others, and others will love too. It's like the domino effect. You know, great reward will actually come to those who get to heaven to find out that someone else is there because they followed his or her example. Isn't that a great feeling? And so now we understand this verse a little bit more. We get it. And so maybe you're sitting there saying, okay, well, now what? What's the next step? And so um, what I love, especially about Weston, is when I look around the room, not only do I see the pews filled with these seasoned and um, loving spiritual leaders, because I do, but I also see the pews filled with, with kids and young adults and youth who are so on fire to serve. I see new people every week come through the doors who are so excited to hear God's word. And so, you know, I I have a sad statistic to share, but I learned that if a grade 12 student doesn't have at least five connections in the church and strong connections, people they talk to every week, then when they go away to university or college, they'll actually fall away from the church. That's crazy. <laughs> we, we are not doing our job then as a church family if, if these students are walking out the door and never coming back. If this is true for students, what about the new person who came two weeks ago? What about the, the person who's been coming here for a year, but as soon as church is over, they leave the door because they don't know anyone and they're nervous? What about them? And so I want to ask you this question. Who are you connecting with? And I'm not, I, I don't mean just like the friends that you see every week because it's easy to see your friends. It's easy to connect with them because you're familiar with them. You know them. But who are five people outside your realm of um, this like first like connection? Who are, who's outside of that group that you're connecting with each Sunday? Are you making 
Um, are you making it a priority to introduce yourself to someone new this week? Are you making it a priority to set an example of love and connect with this person and, and, and tell them all the good things that God has done in your life? Because that's what we should be doing. I'm on fire to tell people about my life and what God has been doing in it because it's exciting. It's something that we should share as a church family. And, you know, it's, it's not just a pastor's job to connect with people and to, to be an example. You know, it's not just Pastor John's job every Sunday to do that. It's not, it's not um, the parent's job to, to connect with people every week. It's not a parent's job to get their kids plugged in. You know, it's, it's your responsibility to, to make those connections because this is the best place to find those relationships because we are all on the same journey as you walking in the struggles and the hardships and we want to encourage you in that moment. This is the best, the best place to find that connection. And so I'm going to quickly tell you guys a, a little story because like Priscilla, I love testimonies too. And um, there was a girl I knew years ago and she didn't come from a Christian home. You know, she, she grew up and her parents were into drugs and alcohol. And every single week, you know, she would go home and she would take care of her siblings. And it was hard. And she never experienced this love. Um, when she was older, she got invited to church for the first time. And every single week, she was so on fire to come to the church because... She felt loved there. She felt welcomed. There was always a person at the door ready to see her to say, I am so glad you're at church today. I'm so glad you're here. And if I wasn't there, or if that girl wasn't there, they would call them and say, hey, I missed you. Or I, I didn't see you this week. How are you doing? And they made those connections, and they, and they poured into this person, and they, and they raised them, and they encouraged them, and they set an example and showed them how to pray, show them how to love, show them how to serve, because that's what we're called to do. We're all called to show other people how to serve and how to live this life that God has called us to live. You know, that little girl, she actually grew up, went to Bible college, and, and started being a pastor at Weston Church. Crazy enough. <laughs> if... <laughs> if I didn't have that connection when I came to church every single week, I wouldn't know the love of God. All the love I would know is that earthly love, that love that comes and goes, but God's love is always there. And so this morning, again, who are you connected with? Who are you making sure that you're pouring into this week? And so I'm more than just a this is what you should do. I'm actually, I want to be intentional about connections. And so I, this morning, I wanted to give us an opportunity to actually make those connections. And so after church, whether this is your first time here, or if you've been coming here for your whole life, this is your chance to make connections. Because I'm new as well. I want to meet you guys. I want to, I want to get to know you and your passions and your gifts and your talents. And so in the foyer after church, we have some coffee set up, and um, we want to invite you to grab some coffee and meet someone new, <laughs> meet someone you have never talked to before, because I look around this room right now, and there's a lot of people I have never met before, and I'm sure you guys haven't either, and so um, this week, be, be mindful of who you're connecting with, and remember to pour into those people as well. Let's make those connections so that when someone leaves those doors, we know that they are loved and cared for as well. And so, yeah, thank you for, for letting me share this morning. Make sure to grab some coffee, and I'd love to meet you all. Thank you, Pastor Taylor. Amen. Five connections, uh, very important. I've also heard it said that you are the average of the five people you do life with or the five people you spend time with. So how many of you know, and I'm not here to preach, we're here, I'm going to wrap up this service, but the Bible says that bad company corrupts good character. And, and I agree, Pastor Tara, this is a great place. Not everyone is perfect. In fact, let me say, I'll correct that statement. Nobody here is perfect. But what we want to do is we can get to know each other, can say, hey, uh, what's your name? How's your week been? 
you know, and just start with some simple conversation and stay for a bit of coffee. Uh, I'm going to invite you to stand to your feet as we wrap up this morning's service. How many of you were blessed by our speakers and our fresh voices today? Amen. And we have a heart to raise leaders. And the, the Bible says this, that the harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few. So pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would send more laborers into the field. And I want to close this morning's service in two ways. Number one, the Bible says the harvest is ripe. And I don't want to close this service without giving someone an opportunity to receive Jesus Christ. And maybe you're here, you saw the passion from our time of worship. Maybe you saw or, or heard all of our speakers this morning. And something is stirring, but the whole time you're like, I don't have what these people have. Here is what's missing. The missing piece is Jesus. And so the harvest is ripe. And I don't believe in accidents or coincidences. So even before we close today, I'm not going to make a big deal. But if you're here and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, this is what we do. We repent and then we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. We believe in our heart. God raised them from the dead. The Bible says we will be saved. What does that mean? It's saying you're submitting yourself to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. What, what does that look like? Well, it's no longer me who's driving the car of my life. It's Jesus now. Every step of the journey. And it's me relinquishing that control. And say, Lord, I've, I've done it my way up until now. But now I say I want it your way for my life. If you're here and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, would you just lift your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me today. Is there anyone here today? I see that hand at the back. Is there anyone else? Just lift your hand so I can see it. And we'll pray in Jesus' name. And maybe if you're watching online and you just want to put the hands up emoji so that we know that you mean business with Jesus today. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And you say, what's the deal with the prayer? Uh, I just want Jesus. Well, you have to confess with your mouth. And really, that's I'm just helping you to do that. You might not know how to ask Jesus to come and be Lord. So I'm going to lead our sister in prayer, anyone else in the room. Maybe you didn't raise your hand, but I want you to know he hears the prayer. And so today, don't shy away from, from what the Holy Spirit has been stirring in your heart today. And if you're watching online, you pray this prayer with us as well. Would you pray this with me, everyone? Say, Heavenly Father, I come to you today just as I am. I repent of, of sin and of living life my way, and I choose to turn and follow Jesus. And so I confess with my mouth that Jesus, you are Lord. And I believe in my heart that God, you raised them from the dead. So thank you for saving me, and thank you for making me brand new from the inside out and I will never be the same again in Jesus name amen amen thank you so much for listening to the sermon of the week God wants to work in your life and we want to hear it please take a moment to share your story by emailing amen at westonroadchurch.com thanks again for joining us we hope listening to this week's message has equipped you to be the light wherever you go